Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Clive Urquhart. It's great to be down here with, uh, with you guys this morning. God has been speaking to us as a church about this year being a year of breakthrough and breakout. How many of you know that's what God's been saying and doing? Whenever God speaks, he, he, there's a couple of things he wants to do. One of the things he does when he speaks is he wants to reveal more of who he is in our lives. So he doesn't just want to speak to tell us what we should be doing. When he speaks, he wants to reveal more of who he is because the most important thing for God is that we grow in our relationship with him because everything in our lives flows from relationship with him. His nature, his character affecting us, shaping us. So when he speaks, he wants to reveal more of who he is so that we become more like him. So we already have, if you're a believer, if you know Jesus here today, you already have his life on the inside of you. He can never give you more than he has already given you. But as, he, as we allow him to work in our lives, then more of who he is gets released in us and through us. Okay, So he's speaking this year about breakthrough and, and breakout. And so if there's breakthrough going on, then we're stepping into more of God and more of what he's doing. We may be stepping into things in a new way, which can be exciting, but also challenging. So one of the things that we, we, as a church, we do every day is we've called it Win the One. We're praying for our unsaved friends and family. How many of you got one of these, um, one of these cards? How many of you got one of these? If you haven't got one of these, you can grab one this morning. And what we're doing every day, we're, we're writing one or two people's names down. It could be your husband or your wife that doesn't know Jesus yet. It could be a family member, one of your kids or one of your parents. It could be a friend, another relative, work colleague, whoever... They may be. It could be a household, not just one individual. It could be a whole family that we God has put on your heart that you're praying for, reaching out to. And when um, you know we have something like win the one, that can bring up some kind of some things in us, maybe where where we're saying we want to not just pray for these people. We want to begin to reach out. We want to share the gospel. We want to invite them around for dinner. We want to do whatever uh, you know we can to share our testimony, the, the life of who God is in us. And, and that can bring up some, some kind of fears, some anxieties, some, well, I'm not sure what to do or what to say, or some insecurities and that kind of thing. Whenever God talks about breakthrough and, and therefore him breaking out and doing something, it means something new is going to happen. Are you alive this morning? Here in Worthing. And... Uh, so it's because he wants to do more. He wants to release more. So that means something new and fresh is going to happen in us. So if there's going to be breakout, how many of you know that there's got to be a breakout in us? So when there's a release of God in us, there's a release of God around us. So we're not just looking for something to happen out here. We're looking for something to be happening in here. So there's a, a breaking through of God in a fresh way. There's a break out of God uh, around us, therefore, but as we, as, as, uh, as we step forward, we know that the enemy, the devil, likes to push back. And what we do when he pushes back is we stand our ground and then we push back again this way because we're going to have breakthrough, we're going to have victory, we're going to see things change, we're going to see family members come to know the Lord, we're going to see cycles of sickness broken, we're going to see things happen around our lives. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. How many of you believe that this morning? 
The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Therefore, you are not a victim, but you are a victor. You are an overcomer because you have the overcomer on the inside of you. How many of you know that God has never been defeated? God has never been defeated. The devil thought that he defeated God when Jesus hung on the cross. The devil thought he'd won. Because Jesus was hanging there and in the natural, all the people looked and said, man, this is, what's going on is not good. He's hanging there, he's dying and they've beaten him, they've whipped him, they've done all of this. The devil was laughing, thinking this is it, this is brilliant because finally I've killed the Son of God. And he thought he'd won. But yet Jesus hung there knowing that every sin, every sickness, every pain, every guilt, every shame, everything that would separate us from God, he was taken upon himself And then there was that cry of victory, wasn't there? It is finished! He cried out. And at that moment, the enemy realised, what's going on? What's going on? What does he mean? It's finished. It's done. At that moment, there was a cry of victory that was released. And that victory that overcame every opposition, every sin, every negativity, that victory, because it's his life, his life that gives victory, you have that same life in you right now. That, that, that gave him victory on the cross. You have the same victory in you now as you did then, right? So you are a person of victory. Just say, I am a person of victory. Just turn to somebody else and say, you are a person of victory. Now just say to them, just let your face catch up with that truth. All right. Just look like you're a person of victory as well, okay? It's something to, to be happy about. But whenever, whenever we, God talks about breakthrough and breakout, it's because there's new things He wants to do. Things He wants to release in us and through us in our lives. So that can bring up some insecurities, some fears, some doubts, some unbelief and, and things. Why? Because God wants us to step into the more of who He is and what He's doing. That might, that might be a challenge if you're, you're witnessing to family or friend or whoever it is because it's like, wow, that's a, I haven't really been doing that. I've been praying for them and I, I, I like that bit. But it's the stepping out and actually beginning to share your faith or whatever. There might be other things that God speaks to you in your life in this season where He wants to not just break through, but then break out and something new takes place. For Jane and I, one of the things that we are involved in and doing, and some of you might know about this, is um, uh, we're organising what's called the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast in London. And there was one of these events in Jerusalem last year that we were at, and... We, we believe God was speaking to us about hosting one in the UK. So we chatted to the guys who organised it. And they were like, yeah, great. You know, let's, let's kind of help you with, with whatever needs to happen to do it. And what we thought was going to be fairly straightforward. I mean, when you organise an event, there's always a lot of work around it. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that go on. And, uh, but part of this event is to celebrate 70 years of, of Israel... So Israel became a a new nation in 1948. So it's 70 years this year. So it's a celebration of 70 years, but also uh, we're still within the 50-year anniversary of Jerusalem being reunited, Okay, the reunification of Jerusalem under uh, Israeli rule. And so it's a celebration of that. And so part of the event is is not just to, to have a room full of Christian leaders, but also to have leaders from the Jewish community as well, as well as the Israeli embassy from, from London. And uh, who obviously represent the nation of Israel in the UK uh, as as, uh, as an organisation, and uh, 
So, you know, we've started these conversations, met with these different guys at the embassy and, and um, uh, some guys from the Jewish community to say, hey, why don't we do this, this event together? Let's base it on Hebrew scriptures. For us, we would say the Old Testament. Let's base it on, on the covenant promises of God to Israel and the Jews and therefore to bless the nations. Let's kind of celebrate what God has done. Let's celebrate what he's doing now. As Christians, we want to stand with you as Jews against anti-Semitism and all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and they were like, yeah, brilliant, let's do this. And, and, you know, I think, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be easy, but the amount of conversations that have gone on to actually get all these people in a room together it, it is, is, is not easy, okay? There's a lot of politics behind the scenes that goes on. And, but, but Jay and I found ourselves in situations um, speaking to people at high levels of, of, of different organisations and different things and... Um, having to do things in relation to the, the Knesset in Jerusalem, and like, which is their version of our parliament. And, and you find yourself in conversations, phone calls, meetings, and all sorts of scenarios where you're like, well, how, how did I get here? And what am I doing here? And if I knew that it was going to involve all of this, would we have started down this journey in the first place? But one of the reasons we're doing this, okay, is because this is just the... the an example of what we're going to get into uh, in terms of what God wants to say in the message this morning is Britain has a mandate in regards to Israel. The Balfour Declaration 100 years ago, 101 years ago now, gave a mandate to the UK to help create a British a, a homeland, sorry, a, ho- a national homeland for the Jewish people. And <clears throat> we, we fulfilled that to a certain degree, but we did drop the ball a lot. And a lot of Jews couldn't get into that allocated area because of a decision that our government made uh, back then, 100 years ago. Well, actually, it wasn't. in 1939, so it was less than that. Uh, to only let a certain amount in. So a lot of Jews ended up in the Holocaust dying when they wouldn't have done if they'd been allowed into what was their homeland. And so there's, there's an element of, uh, you know, where we drop the ball in a massive way. But one of the things that we believe God is saying is that, that God hasn't finished with this nation in Israel and that we need to pick up that mandate again and stand with the nation of Israel and God's purposes. Not just the, the modern-day state of Israel, but in terms of God's people, His covenant promises and His purposes. And so that's part of the reason why we're doing this event. And because of those, those kind of statements, we've ended up in all kinds of meetings and scenarios. Now, now for me, that's brought up fears or insecurities. So God wants to break through and break out in a fresh way, and there's that personal application in our lives. But for Jane and I, we're also involved in something on a completely different level that's not just a personal thing to see a family member or a neighbour saved, but, but, but we're stepping into some things where God wants to break through in a new way in our nation. He wants to do some things that might affect nations and all of that. And, and it's some of the insecurities and, and some of the things that it's raised in us and, and anxiety and pressure that you can then live under because there's expectations from different people for different things and then you have to write this and write that and do they agree, don't they agree and we've upset this person, they don't like the other. And, and in all that's going on, that you know, I knew I was under this pressure, this anxiety and this kind of, um, I don't know what, what, how to describe it, it was horrible. And, uh, and in all of that, I was saying, Father, I give you this, I trust you here and all of that sort of thing. And in the middle of that, God said to me, Clive, do you know that I love you? And I was like, yeah, I do know. He said, no, do you know that I love you? 
Because what, what is the opposite to fear and anxiety? It's love. Because his perfect love casts out all fear. And so he said to me, Clive, if you know that I love you, then there's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no worry. Because when you know somebody completely loves you and accepts you, you're free to be who you are, who you're called to be. So like Jane and I, my wife and I, we love one another. And uh, obviously my, my, uh, we love our kids and our kids know that we love them. And you know when you're in an environment where you know somebody completely loves you and accepts you, sometimes you, you, you don't mind acting a bit silly and a bit stupid or a bit of an idiot or whatever because you know they're not going you know, to reject you or, or think you're weird or anything like that. So in my house, my, my daughter, Megan, she, she bought me this little plaque saying, No Dad Dancing. <laughs> okay, in, in our house. So, and she's like, Dad, whenever my mates come around, don't, don't, don't do anything silly. Don't... You know, just can you, you know, be nice to them, but don't do anything silly, all of that. But in that environment, I know I'm totally accepted. There's no fear. I'm, I'm not thinking about my kids and my wife thinking, you know, what do they think of me? Do they like me or not? And all of that. Why? Because it's an environment of total acceptance. And they know that towards them, okay? So when God spoke to me, he said, Clive, you know, when you live in my love, there might be challenges, there might be pressure, there might be circumstances, but when you, when you know that you're totally loved and accepted, then, then fear can't stick on you. you. You become like Teflon in that sense, and fear tries to get hold of you, but it then slides off. Or anxiety tries to take a hold of you, and it slides off. Do you understand? Because you you're living in a revelation of truth about who God is. So... Why do we want to talk about this? What's this got to do with breakthrough and, and breakout? Well, God never asks us to do something that he's not already doing towards us or in us. And in the context of, of um, breakthrough and breakout, one of the things I believe God wants to talk about this morning is, is and we've been doing this for the last few weeks across the church anyway, is what's going on in our relationships and how to relate and love one another in the way that God wants us to love one another. And, you know, we can, we can love in the natural, and that's a certain type of love we're going to look at, but we want to love with the kind of love that God loves us. So let's have a look at John chapter 13, 34 for a minute. I don't know if they're going to come up on the screen. I'm sorry about the screens this morning. They're a bit jittery, aren't they? So uh, we, we'll hopefully suss that for next week. But apologies for all the stuff that's been going on. He says here, John 13, verse 34, Jesus says to the disciples, he's with them, and he says, a new command I give you. The word command there means um, not just a command as instruction, but it's the, when you look at the word command, it means, to, it's, it means to charge. So Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a charge here. I'm charging you. I'm actually giving you a prescription. So if you, you know, when you go to the doctors and, and he gives you a prescription, what does that prescription do? If you take these things three times a day for the next five days, all the stuff that's not good in there, it will deal with so that you'll be healthy. And so when Jesus gives them this command, it's like he's saying, I'm charging you and I'm giving you a prescription that if you do what I'm going to tell you to do now, your relationships are going to be really healthy and anything that is not healthy is going to begin to be dealt with and fall away because if you, if you love one another in the way that I'm explaining to you, or God, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm showing you, then you're going to have healthy, flourishing relationships with people, okay? So he says there, I command you, I give you a prescription, a charge. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love 
one another. And then verse 35, by this, if you do this, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Now, many of you will know this, but the word love that is used three or four times in those two verses is the word agape, or if you're American, agape, or whatever. I, I was speaking the other day, and, and, and uh, these Americans said to me afterwards, they said, um, they said we, we know agape love, but what's agape? I said, it's the same word. It's just that we pronounce it properly and you guys don't. Anyway, um, we had a bit of... So I don't know if there's any Americans here, are they? Not, not anymore, no. All right. Well, because of what, you're going to have to forgive me after, once you've heard this message. Anyway, um, so the word used there is, is agape, A-G-A-P-E, okay? And <clears throat> so before we look at how do we agape one another... How does God agape us? Because Jesus says here, as, um, <clears throat> in the same way that I have loved you, you must love one another. Okay? So he's not asking us to do something that he has, doesn't do himself, but he's also not asking us to do something that he hasn't empowered us to do. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. So agape, agape is, so there's a number of things to describe agape. Agape is the love of God. And it's the love that comes from God. Okay, so agape is the love of God and it's the love that comes from Him. So agape is not born then of emotion or affection. That's filio love. It's born, that's more like brotherly love, the way we love each other in the natural. Okay, it's more like emotional affection, filio. Also, His love is not motivated by desire or what is seen. Okay, in terms of desire or lust. That's eros, love, okay? But agape comes from his nature and character because of who he is. So the Bible says that God is love. And so his love comes from the will. So his love is not born of emotion. How many of you know emotions change every few minutes? Sometimes you're feeling great, other times you're not. Sometimes, you know, whatever's going on, emotions change, okay? And what you look at can feed different emotions and all of those different things. But yet, agape is not born of what we see or of emotion. It's born from the nature and the character of who God is. And therefore, he loves according to his will. Okay? So, it's an expression of his being. And therefore, he, his love expresses to the unlovely and the unlovable. So how do we know that? Well, before anybody knows him, we are unlovable and unlovely in terms of how God sees us. God is holy, is that right? And when we, before we know God, we are unholy. And anything holy cannot spend time with anything that is not holy. And so Jesus didn't want it to be left in that way that we are separated from him. So in his love, and we all know John 3.16, in his love, it says, God so loved the world that he gave. So part of the essence and the nature of agape is to give, is to love what is not lovable, is to love the unlovely. Because it's not based on emotion, it's not based on what is seen, but God's love is, is based on his nature, not our condition. So our condition before knowing him was we're unlovable in that sense. We're, we're sinners. We're separated from God. 
But yet he says, no, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to stay like that. So because I am love, I'm going to express my love in a very practical way. How did he express that love in a practical way? By sending Jesus, who then ultimately hung on a cross. Because God loves because of his nature and his character, saying, I'm going to love the unlovable and the unlovely. And I'm going to take everything that is unlovable and unlovely onto myself on the cross and deal with that so that people can be forgiven or set free so that when they come to me and say, God, in your eyes, I'm unlovable and unlovely, but because you are love, you do love me, but you don't leave me as I am. You want to change me into who you want me to be. Uh, Do you understand that? So before we know God, we are unacceptable to God. That's why Jesus came. He came to make us acceptable to God because that's God's heart for us as people. So he expresses his love in in that way. Okay. So what does love do then? But there's more, we'll unpack it for the next few minutes and then look at practically what does this mean for us, loving one, one another. So <clears throat> what does agape do? What does re- this love from the world do? Love, agape, doesn't look the other way and say, oh, don't worry, it doesn't matter. Agape says, no, let's face whatever the challenges are and let's work through it and come out the other side. Uh, are you with me? Because if, if Agape said, well, it, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, then Jesus would never have come. Because God would have looked at us and said, well, I know it's, a, it's not really that good and, and what's going on in your life, but don't worry about it. We'll just brush it under the carpet and hopefully it will go away. How many of you have ever done that in a situation? You know, we, we can have things going on in our lives. We can have fallout relationally or there can be challenges and issues. And sometimes we think, well, if I leave it and don't say anything, hopefully it will just go away and we can pretend it's never really happened. Or we can just kind of chuck it under the rug there. No, that's, that's not agape. What agape does is faces what the dilemma is or faces the challenge or the negativity or the situation and says, right, this matters and we're going to face it and come through the other side. See, because agape is about covenant. God's agape is covenant love towards us. What is covenant? Covenant is I will never, never leave you and never, never forsake you. So where it, where it talks about that in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, it says I will never leave you. But when you look at the actual Greek there, it means a double negative. It means a never, never. So God's agape is expressed to us in, in not just, well, I'll never leave you, don't worry about it. It's like I'll never, never leave you and I'll never, never forsake you. So it's God's kind of double impact. So if, if his love is covenant towards us, I'm never, never and I'm never, never. I'm always going to, you know, work in your life. Um, <clears throat> covenant then means three things. Firstly, covenant is commitment. Secondly, covenant is faithfulness. And thirdly, covenant is an act of the will. So agape is different than filio because filio is an emotional love. Agape is different than eros because eros is is motivated by, by visual stuff and, and whether that's sexual or desires for things or whatever it is, that's more eros, okay? 
But agape is motivated because of God's nature and character, because he is love. And because he is a covenant God, his love is covenant towards us. I will never, never leave you, never, never forsake you. And therefore, he says, I'm going to be faithful to you because I'm committed to you. And I'm committed to you because my nature is love. And therefore, from my will, I will love you. So that's expressed through in the cross. It, God so loved the world that he, he willed, he loved us. So he went to the cross to make it possible for us then to know him. Okay. So if we, if we kind of understand the nature and the character of God's love, he'll never, ever leave us, never, never forsake us. It's based on his nature and his character. It's not based on our condition. His love is not just going to look the other way and say, don't worry about it, it doesn't matter. He says, no, let's deal with it so that the power of that is broken over your life. So that you're not trying to deal with that and, and you know, it's so that we deal with that so you can live free, you can live whole, you can be who I've called you to be. So if he loves us in this way, but yet in John 13, he says, love one another in the same way that I have loved you, now you must love one another. So if he loves from the will that means there's no preference in his love. Because filio love is emotional and there's a lot of preference in there. In the natural, we, we get on with some people more than others, don't we? Yes, no? I mean, sometimes you just click with some people more than others. And, and, and therefore, sometimes it's easier to love people at a certain level because you get on well with them and you're more gracious towards people. Maybe there's others that challenge you personally or you don't get on well with them and you maybe try and avoid them a little bit or, you know, whatever. But that's, that's, that's a different type of response than agape. Because agape is not based on our natures and characters and how we are. Agape is based on his nature and his character. How many of you know so far, I don't know about you, you're sitting there going, Holy Spirit, I need you to be able to love in the way that you loved us and you love us. Because in the natural, it's challenging, loving one another um, in, in different ways. But Romans chapter 5 says here, um, <clears throat> because God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us, Okay, this is Romans 5, chapter 5. We then are enabled to love one another. So he's not saying agape one another without giving us the agape that we need. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit in different ways. He's the spirit of faith, the spirit of life. He's also the spirit of love. So God has put his spirit in us to enable us to love one another in this way from, from, uh, from the will. Okay? Um, so another, word, another meaning for agape is, is the word charity. Now what does charity mean? The word charity means to put the welfare of somebody else above your own welfare. That's why charities are called charities. Because the idea of a charity is it's to help people that need help in some way. So lots of people volunteer to, to, to work for a charity or to do something on behalf of a charity. Why? Because they want somebody else to benefit in some way because somebody else has an issue, a problem, a need, they, or whatever, and therefore they volunteer and say, I want to put the welfare of that person at this moment before myself, so I want to serve them in some way, or be part of this charity that does this, that, or the other. So the, that's what charity means, to, to, to be putting the welfare of somebody else above your own. So agape is charity. 
What, is, what does that mean? And when we agape one another, we're saying, I want to put your well-being above my own. Romans 13, verse 8. This is Paul writing to the Romans. He says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love, to agape one another. For he who loves, he who agapes his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Wow, that's a massive statement to make. He says here, If we agape one another, if we put the welfare of others above our own, in, in that sense, if we do what, what the way the Father has loved us and loves us, he says... Anybody that agapes his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Now, what law is that talking about? It's actually talking about the law uh, of love and the way of love that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. He says, follow the way of love. Or another word you can use for way there is the law of love. What is he talking about? He's saying, follow the way of agape. Walk in the way of agape. That's what the, the law of love is. And so he's saying here, um, and we, if you know, most of you will know, uh, if, especially if you're a Christian here, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's, talking, it's the whole chapter on love in terms of how the Bible describes God's love to be. And we haven't got time to go into all of that uh, this morning. But he says, follow the way of love, live in that way, follow the way of agape. Recently, uh, I don't know if you've had this message here or not, but um, one of the messages that in the Horsham congregation a few weeks back was, or a couple of messages in a row, were um, about not I but Christ. And some of the, the challenges that we can have in our, in our relationships and the response or the reaction that we can have in situations... And so if, if the Bible says that, that we're now new creations in Christ, the old has gone and the new has now come. So my old life is now dead and buried with Christ. All the sin, all this, that and the other, it's dead and buried. It's been crucified on the cross. It's dead and buried. It's gone. And I'm now a new person, a new creation in Christ. And I have his life, his nature, his character on the inside of me. Then <clears throat> when, when stuff happens or people say things or, or whatever goes on, uh, we might have a reaction to something and something goes off in us and we get upset, we get annoyed or, we, we, or whatever. And, and maybe that there's something that we don't reckon is actually dead because something's, there's been a big reaction in us towards somebody. So in our, in our relationships, there's, there's two things that can happen. So when we agape one another, God's agape is um, unfailing. Because he says, I'll never, never leave you, never, never forsake you. So that's unfailing love. He'll never let us down. He'll never fail us, okay? And he says, love one another in that way. Well, as we seek to walk in that way, God wants to work that love in us and through us. And it's the testing of our faith, as James puts it in chapter 1, that proves that it is genuine. Now, when we say faith, faith isn't just in the, you know, my, what do I believe? What do I believe? That, it's, it, it is what do I believe, but it's how I'm living out what I actually believe. And so along the way, there's going to be tests, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be things that go on that help to shape and, and the nature and the character of Christ in us when there's challenges, there's opposition, there's fears that rise up, anxieties or whatever. And, and it's how we live in that revelation of His love 
for us that then determines whether we react or we respond in a situation. So let's just unpack this a bit more and get a bit more practical. Is that okay? All right. So somebody says something to you that you don't like. And it could upset you, could annoy you. Maybe they've been a bit rude to you or whatever's gone on, okay? There's two things that, that can take place. One is that we react. We get upset, we get angry, we get annoyed. And it's like, oh, you know, and we can get negative And, oh, do you know what that person said? Do you know what they did? Oh, it's unbelievable. I can't, you know. Or we, could res- we can respond. Somebody says something, something goes off. And, and instead of reacting, get annoyed and angry, a response could be, right, okay, uh, you know, what they've said is pretty nasty, um, but I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to take offence. I'm not just going to take a position now and say, right, well, they're out of order and all of that. Actually, I want to respond here, not react. And there's those two things that go on in our lives in, in, in any situation, okay? And... So let's just unpack this a little bit because to agape one another means we live in as a respond a responder, not a reactor. Because agape never reacts and gets upset and annoyed. I mean, look at Jesus. The guy never sinned. He never did anything wrong. And he was accused of this, that and the other. He was whipped and beaten for something he'd never done. When he was standing before the various different groups of people on the way to being crucified with Pilate and the religious leaders and other settings, they were accusing him. They were spitting at him. They were doing all kinds of things. The, the, only, the only time he responded was when they said, are you the son of God? And he wasn't going to deny that because he was like, I am as you say. You know? But all the other things they accused him of, he stayed silent. Because it was all, it was all part of taking everything that we should have... T- you know, happened to us in terms of the, the, the way God should deal with us. He was taken upon himself. So Agape at work in him never reacted to all the people around. Even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, he could have hung there saying, this is totally unjust. They're making me look bad. They're making me look ridiculous. I'm looking like the fool guy here. I'm, I'm this, that and the other. You know, it'd be very easy for himself to appoint the finger of himself saying, this is so unjust. This is unbelievable. But what does it say in Philippians chapter 2? It says that he humbled himself and made himself nothing and acted as a servant. And so what, what does it mean then to agape one another? To agape one another means to live, not I, but Christ. Are you all here? You're doing Okay. So what happens when we react? We get defensive. Well, it wasn't my fault. Well, it was them. They did this. They did that. They did the other. You know, we get defensive. Or we say, well, I did my bit. I did that. I said, you know, I didn't, you know. And we can start defending a position. Sometimes with it, we can get aggressive. Sometimes being defensive or passive is actually quite aggressive because we, we might be kind of taking a bit of a position or something, but actually we're digging our heels in and saying, no, it's your fault. And what we're doing is we're, we're passing the blame and we're saying, no, it's your fault, your fault, your fault. You're the person with the problem, not me. So we can get defensive. We can blame. Um, 
sometimes we, we pass the blame or we deflect things to others because we don't want to be seen in a bad light that we might have actually contributed to the situation uh, or we might not. So we, we like to deflect. Are you, you all right this morning? You're here? You're still happy to be here or would you rather be somewhere else this morning? All right. Um, sometimes we react just because of insecurities in our lives and fears. It might not be that we have a bad attitude towards somebody or anything, okay, but we find ourselves reacting in a situation because there are insecurities in our own lives or there's fears going on in us and therefore we, we, we're reacting out of insecurity and out of fear because it's like, well, like, what, you know, if I don't do the right, you know, what, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to, you know, and it's not that we're reacting in a, it's your fault and all of that kind of thing. My, it's a completely different one, which is like, wow, uh, I don't know what to do. And, and because what do they think? What's going to happen here? And, and, and it's an insecure fear thing. Sometimes we, we react because we go, no, I'm right. I don't, I don't, I don't give a monkey's what they're, I'm right. Now, not, there's not a person in the room that doesn't like to think we're right, okay? Everybody likes to think they're right because, well, no, I've thought that through and I'm right, you know? And sometimes we react because, we, you know, what, what's at the root of I'm right is pride. There's actually sometimes a self-righteousness that can come out. It's like, no, I'm right, I'm sorry, but that's, I'm, well, I'm not sorry, actually, I'm just right. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes we use that word sorry as a, I'm sorry, I'm just, you're not really sorry, you just kind of use it and say, no, no, I am right. And uh, now sometimes when we're like that, we don't realise that we've actually got blind spots in our own lives. Every one of us in this room has blind spots. We don't see ourselves sometimes in the way that other people see us. We don't necessarily see, you know, and, and sometimes in our I'm right or whatever, um, we, we sometimes people are like they just don't see it, do they? They just don't see it, you know. And uh, sometimes we react out of self-concern, self-preservation. We like to defend. We want to reason it away. Um, another reason why we react is is maybe insecurities and fears. We like to avoid the issue. Well, if 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 I don't say anything, if I, hopefully if I avoid it long enough, it will just go away, and we'll all kind of forget anything ever happened, and we'll all be like hunky dory mates forever, you know. But avoidance just delays the inevitable that needs to happen, because there'll never be true reconciliation or, or whatever needs to happen in a situation if we just avoid. I don't think there are many people in, in life that, that when there's an issue say, right, I'm going to go head on and sort this out straight away, right, you know, because it's not easy, is it? It's not easy uh, dealing with stuff. So we all have blind spots in our, in our lives, uh, areas that we just don't kind of see. But also, you know, sometimes people press your buttons. They just, oh, I know how to wind that person up, and they just press that button and boom, you go off like a, like a whatever... And, uh, and I knew I'd get a reaction out of them and everything. But how many of you know, when we react, it never changes anything. It, can, it generally makes things worse, okay? So that's, that's a lot of what can go on in us when we react in situations. But what's a response like? To respond, the first thing you have to do is you humble yourself. To have a response, there has to be humility, Jesus humbled himself. So to agape, if agape is not based on our condition, our performance is based on his nature and character, then to agape one another means it's not based on somebody else's performance and how they are. 
So to agape one another then, so if somebody's gone off the deep end, had a go, you've fallen out, to agape, does that mean, say, just because I haven't reacted, I've had a good response, but I'm still not going to deal with it. We're just, you know, because my response has been good, that's okay now then. Um, But that won't solve the issue. So when something's gone on or gone off in relationally, what do we do? We, we, we can go before the Lord and say, Father, I, I, I forgive them. Or if we've done something, Father, would you forgive me? But there's still got to be that conversations. So <clears throat> what's really important then, because all this is in the context of relationships, isn't it? And, and how we are together. So let's just cover a couple of other things first before we get on to the practical bit. Response, so we want to be humble. What does humility mean? I'm open to correction. I'm open to not being right. There might be something that I haven't seen, but I've just taken a position on something because of what I see or what I perceive. So somebody's perception is their reality. And so for me, there's certain situations that might come up in, in the life of the church somewhere and I get told something and and what I'm being told might just be that, okay? But th- and that might be somebody's understanding of what's going on. Instead of seeing that and going, right, okay, I'll get the whole picture, right, and then let's, this is what we need to do then. So somebody might only tell me a certain amount, and sometimes somebody might only tell me what they think I want to hear. So they're not necessarily lying, they're just giving me a certain, they're giving me a certain amount of the picture, and maybe sometimes somebody doesn't say something to me because they're maybe a bit, if I told him the whole thing, then it might put me in a bit of a, that, that person in a bit of a bad light because oh, I haven't really done a very good job there. So if I tell him everything, it will put me in a bit. So I'll just sort of, I'll just phrase it in a way that it's, here's an issue over here. And it's, do you understand that? And so then for me, I'm then working in a vacuum because somebody's only told me X, but there's X and Y going on. Are you, are you with me? Um, or if there's something going on in me and others around me, say my wife, for example, or some of the guys like JD and others, um, you know, the leadership team in the, in, across the church, and, 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 and that, you know, it's like, Clive's coming across a bit like this recently. Or when he said that, it was kind of a bit confusing and, and all of that. But or he seems to always do this in a certain way and it's causing a bit, of a bit of an issue. If nobody ever comes and talks to me, right, I, I'm, 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 I don't know there's an issue. Or I might be picking up a couple of things saying, hey guys, what's going on? And, that, and, and well, there's this and this and this. But if people don't actually say, hey Clive, you know when you talk about this, whatever it might be, or we had this situation, you said that. I'm like, yeah. Well, it, it actually was, it upset quite a few people. I'm like, oh right, okay. Now, so there might be a blind spot that I have. And if I've got blind spots, I want other people to point them out. And say, hey, Clive, do you realise you've got a blind spot there? I didn't, thanks, okay. Can you help me then? But to have that kind of relationship dynamic going on, you have to invite other people into your world to help them agape you as you agape them. Do you understand what I'm saying, right? So that's where we've got to be humble in our, in our relationships because I'm not right all the time, just most of it, no. And, uh, but none of us, none of us... You know, we live according to the revelation that we have, all right? Partly we live according to the revelation of who God is in our lives, 
but also relationally we live in the, in, in the revelation that we have of what's going on in our relationships. And sometimes if we don't sit and communicate and talk through stuff, right, not right, this is my position, that's yours, where can we get to the point where I'm right and you're wrong? Because we'll never solve anything that way. So we have to humbly come to each other saying, hey, uh, there seems to be a bit of tension, a bit of an issue, or something's gone off here, and, and I just, I, you know, can we just talk through that for a minute? Can we just, um, you know, what's going on? Have I done something? Have I said something? Or uh, what, you know? And, and you've got to be open for somebody saying, yeah, I just find you really challenging, or I just don't know what's going on in your head. And so I think, I've been thinking this about you because I, I just don't seem to be get, getting anything from you about something. And I've just been thinking, uh, is he upset with me? Is he annoyed with me? Is he, or whatever, you know? And uh, so in, our, in, 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 in my world, if you like, you know, I've said to all the leadership team, look, if you see stuff, talk to me, let me know. You know, don't, don't leave me in a vacuum. Point out the blind spots, you know. With all our, the staff team, you know, and, and I said, look, the door's open. If there's, if there's anything you need to talk about, stuff you're challenged about, or whatever, you know, come knock on the door, come and find me, come and talk. And I've had different people on the team, the staff team, who have said, can I, have a, can I have a word with you? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And uh, they come in and say, look, I, you know, and I can tell they're a bit nervous because it's like, I don't, I'm not, you know, and I'm like, look, it's fine. You know, what have I done? <laughs> you know, it's fine. What have I done? And they're like, well, I, I'm just, you know, you know, I've been, I talked about this the other day. Yeah, well, I didn't, you didn't kind of exactly say what you thought and, and I didn't think you did. And I thought, and I've just been left a bit in limbo and I'm not sure what you're thinking. And I haven't really had a, a response from you kind of really giving me any idea of, you know, whatever. So I, I'm, I'm like, is he upset with me? Is he annoyed with me? You know, and, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not annoyed with you at all. You know, I think what you're doing is amazing. You're doing a brilliant job. Everything, what you're doing is fantastic. I'm like, really? Really? I didn't know that. And I'm like, sorry, I just haven't, you know. And, and it might not be that you've done something wrong. It's somebody else's perception of what they think you might have said or done or what you, do you know what I mean? But unless we have these conversations and we help to create an environment, an open environment like that, we're all going to live in our little boxes because of fear or insecurity. I don't know if I want to let somebody into my world in, in that way. So, uh, so being responsive, there's a humility there. We're being merciful. We're coming from the place of, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt before I jump in with I'm right and you're wrong. I just want to hear what's on your heart and what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference between let's have a chat and let's just talk and somebody sitting there and just launching at you with a whole bunch of accusation and, oh, you know, you're this, you're that, you're the other and all of that kind of thing. I don't know whether you've had that in your life. I've had that in mine quite a few times um, and to do with people, whatever. Um, and, and, oh, you're, you know, the church is this, that, and the other, la, 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 la. And you sit there and you go, okay, all right, uh, you know, in your head, you're going, right, okay, Holy Spirit, what do I do now? Because this person's not happy, they're upset, they're annoyed, they're having a go. So there's no point having to go back. Um, and, it, and sometimes in those situations, you're sitting there going, I can see what needs to happen in your life, mate. And it's like, Holy Spirit, how do we get there from here? Because then they're, they're annoyed about something. And, but that's where you, you can't rise up and go, oh, well, you're a flipping idiot, you know, the way you're behaving. You come in here and tell me this, that, and the other. How do you think you're, you know? And, and if you start going down that road, they say, oh, I knew it. That's exactly, boom, they walk out the door. And they walk out saying, oh, kingdom, faith, this, I was right. You know, that pastor, you know what he said to, you know. And, uh, and, and so 
you sit there and right, okay, Holy Spirit, what do I do now? I need to respond, not react. Because sometimes you feel stuff rising up in you. And when that starts happening, the first thing you need to do is say, why am I reacting like that? Not what's going on in them, first of all. You have to look at yourself first. When something starts kicking off on the inside of you, you, you first say, right, now what's going on in me? Why am, I, why, is some, why am I getting annoyed here? Why am I getting agitated? Why am I getting wound up by this person? You know? And, and you, have to, you have to deal with your own heart first. Because otherwise, you're going to react out of agitation and, and annoyance, not, okay, um, this person's really annoying me now. They, they, but... Okay, but I want to agape, not blow up, back at them. Are you with me? So all this sort of stuff goes on. So this is really important because the enemy loves to divide and conquer and try and all of that and bring division. Where does he, a lot of that's relationally. Because where, where there isn't unity, there won't be a release. There won't be God's blessing in that sense. But, so we have the unity and we want to protect that unity. But the enemy wants to try and divide and steal and, and, and conquer. Um, so 2 Timothy verse 1 says, What you've heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Okay? So what is agape? Agape says, I'll defend you. Agape says, I'm going to speak well of you. Agape says, I'll be quick to forgive Agape says, I'm not going to take offense and get upset with you. Agape says, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to put your welfare before my own. Agape says, I'm going to provide for you uh, when I'm able to do that. If you're in need and I'm able to provide, I'm going to, I'm going to help you or do whatever I need to, to do in situations. So Jesus says, love one another in the same way that I've loved you. You must love one another. He's given us his spirit, enables us to love in this way. And then practically, what does that then mean? So in our, in our relationships, we're going to close and just pray. Um, we want to invite people, if you're married, your husband or your wife, maybe, maybe you need to, after this morning, have a conversation with each other and say, hey, we, we, need, to, we need to live free with each other. So is there anything we need to talk about? Any ways in which we're just we're we're out of sorts in any way? Is there anything you, you know? And I, I do this with my wife. I say to her, I said, Jane, is there any way in which I'm annoying you, or I'm just annoying you at the moment? Is it, am I? Is there anything going on in me that annoys you? I'm winding you up in any way, you know? And and some of that can be. Um, because say that you've got a lot going on, say with this breakfast, there's just been so much going on with it, I, and, and I know there's times I've been like, you know, and uh, not angry or anything like that, but just in my own world with it sometimes, and and, um, and, and I know there's been some, some moments where I've, I've said to Jane, I said, look, am I annoyed? I said, I'm just pretty um, whatever with this whole situation, and am I, am I, she's like, no, no, fine, I can see you're just under a bit of pressure, um, but yeah, you were a little bit short with me the other day or whatever, and, and you know, and it's that kind of stuff. So I'm inviting and trying to make it easy for her, if you like, to say, actually, yeah, you are being quite annoying at the moment, or whatever she needs to say. Uh, and I say that with, well, we've only got one, one of our kids at home now, 
uh, the other two are married and left home. But so with Meg and our daughter, I say, Megs, is there anything? Um, is there any way I I am with you that I'm annoying you or upsetting you or or I'm not giving you enough time or whatever? So I'm I'm saying, Megs, I want you to tell me, okay? Because I don't want to have any blind spots. I don't want to just think, oh, Megs, she's doing great. She's this, she's that. Everything's all right. And actually, you're sitting there, Megs, thinking, uh, you know, I haven't had any decent time with you for about three weeks or whatever. But you haven't. Are you are you, are you there? I mean, so it's, we have to open up, we have to invite people in, not just say, well, I like that message, I wonder when people are going to be like that around me then. You know, we, we have to say, no, I'm going to be the first to make a move, and, and whether it's relationship with your kids or other people or whatever it, it might be. So let's stand together, shall we? What are we doing? We're basically walking in the light with, with one another. We're living in the light with each other. James 5, verse 16, it says, if we confess our sins... Uh, to one another, uh, let's just read it so I get the actual quote right. Um, James five sixteen. Often we we use this scripture in relation to coming to the elders to be healed, but it also says if we confess our sins to each other, pray for each other so that we may be healed. The word healed there is not just physical heal- wholeness; it means complete wholeness, spirit, soul, body, emotionally, mentally, physically. That's what the word healed there means and so he's talking about living uh, confessing our sins to one another uh, so that we can then live in full wholeness and health with each other so what does that mean it doesn't necessarily mean you, you'd say right I'm going to confess every sin or whatever I need to it, it means in that in the relationship we have with one another is there anything that we need to sort out is there anything that we need to talk through okay and it's basically um opening our hearts and lives up in, in that way. So let's just close our eyes for a minute. And firstly, just thank God for his unfailing love in your life. Just thank him for his unfailing love. That he'll never, never leave you. Never, never forsake you. He can't go against his character. He just can't. It's impossible. And his character, his will is then worked because of his character. And so he can, he can never deny you. He'll never turn his back on you. He'll never, ever leave you. He can't. It's impossible. He can't go against his own nature and character. So, Father, we thank you for your unfailing love in our lives. In that love, that perfect love, all fear, insecurities, are cast out, are dealt with. Maybe this message this morning, maybe it's raised some things in you and you think, well, phew, I don't know if I, I really want to relate to people at that level. That's a little bit too near the bone. You know, and, and maybe there's insecurities or fears of, towards others. Well, what will they think about me? And, and I don't know if I really want to open up. Or, or you say, well, I've had some situations in the past where I was a bit more like that and I got my fingers burnt and, and it didn't go well. And so I've kind of closed up a little bit. Maybe just any, any res- reaction maybe this morning or, or what you, you know, not an angry one, necessarily, but stuff going off inside you this morning. It's like, wow, insecurities, fears towards others. Well, I don't know if I really want to go there. What, what is that really going to look like? Maybe just give all those to the Lord right now. Father, I just want to give you areas of insecurity. What people think about me. For many of us, especially if you know the Lord, you, you, you don't want to lie. 
but sometimes we don't necessarily tell the whole truth. We, we, we say enough, but we then maybe we don't go that bit further that might open our own hearts up more. And we want to be people who live and walk in the light with one another. So maybe, you know, it's like, Father, I just want to give you insecurities. Maybe there's some particular scenarios, situations where you know there's things that are going on or insecurities or fears and why you react and get upset or annoyed or whatever with people or in situations. Maybe just give all that to the Lord. Say, Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. In the same way that you love me, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you enable me to love others, to love the others here as part of this congregation, those in my small group, uh, those in my family, in the relationships that I have. I thank you that you enable me to love in a way that you do. Maybe just say to the Lord, I don't want to be a reactor, I want to be a responder. I want to be a responder in situations. So, Father, I just want to surrender afresh to you because I want to act humbly. I want to be full of mercy and grace towards people. Father, I want to be teachable and open. I don't want to just take a position on something and say, well, I am right. Uh, No, regardless of what anybody else. Father, I don't want to take that. I want to be open, teachable. I want you to shape me. And, And... You know, often God will use others to help shape our lives. Sometimes God puts people in our lives and around our lives that actually can challenge us without them realizing they're challenging us. They're just being who they are. But I think sometimes, I know this has happened to me at several points in my life where, where, where I've had different individuals that have been either working with me or, or doing stuff with me or around my life that have been quite challenging because of their personality or their character or the way they are. And, and actually God has used them to help shape and form me and help break some fears or insecurities in me because of how somebody else is. And it's not because they've had a wrong attitude or bad attitude towards me or anything. It's just the way they are. It's like God saying, right, I'm going to help shape you by putting somebody else in your world that you're going to find challenging. And so that you, you learn how to love them or I'm going to bring freedom into your life so that you're not insecure around them because they're strong in this or strong in that. But actually I'm going to help you see how I see you so that in that relationship you're, you're at peace, there's a confidence and, and whatever God wants to do. So maybe there are some people around your life that, that you think, oh, they're challenging. Maybe God's put them there or allowed them to be there to help shape and form himself in us more. Do you, do you understand that? Oh, there was a point I missed out in the message to go into a bit more, but maybe there's some people you, after today you need to go have a conversation with because you've all heard the message and maybe this is for some just open up a door and say, right, I actually can go and have a chat with this person. I need to talk some stuff through. And, and you know, we, in, the, in our minds, when we go and have a conversation, we think, oh, it's going to wreck it. It's going to be worse afterwards. But actually, you go and sit, and you come from a humble position, 
and you start talking something through, it's amazing what comes out the other side. The strength of friendship, relationship, the bubble of whatever's burst and all the negativity, all the wrong perceptions that we've had that we might not have realized were there get broken and dealt with and suddenly it's like, wow, why didn't, you know, this, we could have done this ages ago or whatever the situation. So maybe just as we close, maybe say, Father, I thank you for the grace to agape my husband or my wife or my kids, my family, the others in the, my small group, the congregation, my work colleagues. Because we can agape people that aren't even saved. Not react and not, you know, we can still be f- the right response, great heart and attitude. So, Father, we thank you. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in the life of the church, down here in, in, in the Wording Congregation. Father, I just thank you that the depth and the strength of your life and your love amongst us is going to get even stronger. The dynamic that people come into as they're getting added, they're going to come into this dynamic of agape where it's like, wow, I've never been in a place where people love each other like this, where they're just so kind and gracious and generous to each other and all of that. Father, I just thank you for an increase of that here amongst all the people here. Maybe you're here today, you don't know Jesus, and you thought, well, I've never experienced that kind of love that never lets you down and never fails. Well, this morning, you can begin to encounter God in His love, that He did the same for you as He's done for the rest of us, that He hung there on a cross and took every sin, every pain, every shame, every guilt. He took everything upon Himself and, and, and opened up the way to make it possible for you to have a relationship with the One who is love, who will never, ever let you down. And maybe you want to take a first step towards him today. You know your heart's beating, you know stuff's going off on the inside of you. And you're saying, actually, I don't fully understand everything, but I know something's kicking off on me to, in me today. I know I need to respond to God. I need to surrender my life to him. So if that's you, maybe you're standing there, you might be sitting there, but maybe you're here today and you just say, God, I'm here. I don't know you, but I want to. I've heard this message today. If you really are love, would you show me who you are? But I want to take a first step in in surrendering my life to you. So I want to hand my life over to you. This is what it means to begin a relationship with with God. And if that's where you're at this morning, you know, I'd love to talk with you afterwards, you know. And and, uh, if you want to chat or ask some questions, I'm here. Just ask me anything you like. It it doesn't have to be, oh, you know, do I ask the right thing? Do I put it in the right way? Don't worry about that. If you've got questions or you say, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus, what do I do then? How do I do that? I'd love to talk with you, pray with you. There are one or two other that would love to do that because we don't want you to walk out today necessarily missing what God wants to do in your life and what you really in your heart would like to do. So, Father, we just thank you for those today that don't know you, that today would be a day where they respond to you. So, Father, I just thank you. We just speak your goodness, your grace over our lives, over who we are as a people. We speak your blessing and your abundance in every way. And, Father, I thank you that as we respond to your word, you grace us then to live it and to sort out anything we need to, but to love each other in this way going forward where, where we can speak into each other's lives, encourage and build each other up and strengthen each other to go forward in confidence in everything you're doing. We praise your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.